Well, good morning and welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to see many of your faces here in person today. Um, we've been alternating groups, so our group from last week is home, uh, worshiping virtually today. And um, it's wonderful to be in God's house. And as I was listening to those words this morning, how I look at myself as that black sheep where I was once a sinner and Jesus Christ found me. And though I didn't deserve it, I didn't earn it, but he loved me. And that love is available for each and every one of us today. And that's why we're here and we're worshiping his name today because he loved us so much he gave up his life for us. And I rejoice today knowing that that love is for me. I rejoice today knowing that that love is for you. I pray that the Lord would bless us today, um, that he would guide our service. And as we talked about last week, things are a little different and it's temporary. And we look forward to worshiping um, no matter what way that we would be a blessing to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask Brother Anthony to open us in prayer today. And Brother Tim will address us. May God bless you. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning hour, and we're even blessed to be able to sing praise to your name, Lord, even as we rehearse the words of this song, Lord, how gracious and merciful you were, Lord. You truly, for each of us, you left the 99 and found us and sought us and pursued us, Lord, that we might answer the call. And again, Lord, as we say, we're not worthy of it, but you're so gracious, Lord, and your love covers us. And even your love covers our sins. And we Thank you for that, for the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, Lord, today. I ask your blessing upon our brother as he would go forth, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would be in the message, um, inspired word of God, Lord, and delivered, Lord God, with your Holy Spirit, and that each of us, uh, whether we be here present or um, even watching virtually, that we might be blessed and that you would even open all of our ears to receive the message that you have for us today. Be with many who are sick and afflicted, Lord, many who are going through very difficult times, Lord, right now, and I pray that you'd have mercy upon them, even many who are mourning loss of loved ones. I pray you would be merciful and gracious, Lord, to each one. So we ask these favors and blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to see your live faces again. It's been, been too long, and... Uh, we thank God that we are making progress and, um, and uh, will be, that we've been safe through this uh, pandemic so far, um, even to, um, oh gee, this thing is not recognizing me for some reason. Okay. Um, even to be able to gather again, you know, it's been a big adjustment and, and we'll look for God's continued help um, that we could uh, return to worship the way that uh, that we're used to doing it. Um, so um, I, I've been had this this topic on my mind safe for um, several weeks now, actually, and and um, I'm I'm pretty excited about it because I, the more that I studied it, the more that I, I realized a few things that we have reason to rejoice, and um, my. Um, my key verse today, um, before I start getting into my sermon, because I like to start with scriptures, 
Uh, but seek, uh, Matthew, the sixth chapter, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient the day is the evil thereof. The Lord does not intend for us to feel panicked or in any way um, stressed as we uh, go through this life, if we can focus on him. So the new, some of the things that I learned in studying this topic uh, number one, God cares about our safety more than, than we ourselves do. You know, he loves us. He sent his only begotten son and set up a wonderful plan of salvation because he wants us to be safe in his arms. He wants us to spend eternity with him. He wants us, even in all the different um, commandments that he gives, all of them are to improve our life. All of them are to keep us from trouble. God loves us and cares about our safety more than we do. And nothing the world has to offer can make you safe. People are out there trying to tell you, you need this, you need that. They all have other motives, but ultimately God is the only one that can make us safe. And the other thing that really came clear is that uh, salvation is inextricably tied to being safe. Just like we cannot earn our salvation on our own merit, we cannot control our safety using our own intellect or resources. And um, that's not what the world would tell you, but the truth of the matter is we really, really um, have to depend on the Lord for, for everything. So um, with that, I'm going to play a part of a song uh, that, that's called Safe and um, talk about it just a little bit. And, um, and get on with my sermon. So go ahead.
stop there. All right, there's more to the song. It's a, it's a long song, but it's a beautiful um, expression. And I've got a, a few key words, if we can go to the next slide. Um, uh, it, it isn't about being in control, but it's placing your trust in the one who is. Safe is knowing the Lord and knowing you're living a life that will please him. We're held safe in God's arms, and that's good enough for me. You know, that is, it just puts it into uh, perspective um, in such a beautiful way that, um, that the Lord is in control of everything. And we just have to remember that. Ultimately, um, all we need to do is focus on pleasing him, and he's going to take care of all the details. And that doesn't mean it's always going to go perfect, and it's always going to be easy. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about that as we go into the sermon. But what a comfort to know that we are in God's arms. You know, what a blessing for sure. So I have an experience uh, that I want to share from a brother that was in World War II. And it's probably a little bit small for you to, um, to read this. So I'm going to read it. But I grew up hearing this. This is a brother that, uh, that was close to our family. He's, he's 98 years old right now and still uh, doing very well. And uh, just a beautiful experience that illustrates things, um, how the Lord can, can work with us and keep us safe. So one evening, uh, this brother was an aircraft mechanic. Army. One evening while preparing for flight takeoff, one per minute, as we waited in our positions to get on the runway, I decided to write a letter to my mother. As I began to write, a feeling came over me to look up, and as my eyes looked upward, I saw one of the planes which had just lifted and was airborne about 200 feet in the air. All of a sudden, from one of the engines burst a dark cloud of smoke, and the plane dipped and started to come down toward me. At this point, I got upon my feet and started to run and pray, asking God to spare my life that I might go home to my family. The next thing I knew, a voice spoke to me saying, fall down. There was a tremendous explosion and the voice told me, run. Out of the dust and smoke, the voice spoke to me once more and told me, stop. And as I stopped, an aircraft engine came flying over just over my head, crashing to the ground just in front of me. If you can just imagine what that scene would be like. I don't remember much after that. They found me on the other side of the island about one mile away, and I was hospitalized for observation. I found out later that of 30 crewmen that were out on that runway, I was the only one to come out alive. God had surely answered my prayers. Now, very powerful experience, life-changing. Um, and, you know, I just want to kind of recount in the next slide. Um, if we look at what happened, he found himself in a dangerous situation. You know, in, in this life, there are times when we're in, in difficult situations when there's, you know, this was obviously a physical danger. There's all kinds of dangerous situations that we face, however. And he recognized that he did not know what to do on his own to get out of this danger, this imminent danger. This plane is coming down towards him. Um, and so he immediately exercised faith and asked God to intervene. He started running. And, you know, I, again, I want us to relate for ourselves. You know, the Lord is there for us. And he, uh, thank God, was, was raised to know with, with faith 
to know that the Lord is right there. As soon as we call upon him, the Lord is able to hear our prayer. And sure enough, that's what he did. And immediately the Lord answered in a very unusual way and told him exactly when it was time to fall down so that when that explosion came that took out everybody else, he was um, down on the ground and it didn't hit him. And then when the, uh, you know, told him to run again, and when it told him to stop, he stopped just at the right place so that that engine didn't hit him. And, and you know, he went on running, he just, you know, which is a normal reaction, I think. But that experience for him was a tremendous uh, faith-building event that could not be replicated in any other way. You know, we have things that happen in our life. When we have the greatest trauma and the greatest trials, those are very often the things that allow us to reach a higher level of faith than, than we had before. And so when, as we're going through these things, you know, we, we want to have our eyes on the Lord to say, Lord, how can you get me to the next level through this and not feel defeated and not feel that the Lord has left us alone because he hasn't. You know, we go through these things and the Lord can use these things to grow us. And I will tell you, this brother has shared this testimony probably more times than we could possibly count. And even at 98 years old, he's still sharing this testimony. Very powerful. You know, we all have things in our life, testimonies, that if we can have the right perspective and realize the Lord has brought us through, that that faith grows in, in us, and we, we can come through that with a testimony that is life-lasting. And that's, that's what, what it, the case is with this. And that, that uh, testimony, by the way, is in the volume two of the church history want to look it up so um, you know if if we go through life with the idea that the Lord is always going to keep us in a place where we are uh, physically comfortable and not facing stress and all that kind of thing um, you know that I, I was reading in Matthew 10th chapter and I think the next slide is this about what Christ told the um, the uh, disciples or the the uh, yeah I guess it would be the evangelists, the 70, when they were going to go out and preach the gospel. And, um, and this one I, I take a little bit personal because my tendency is to want to make sure I got everything lined up before I, I go take a trip or do anything. Um, and if we read what he says here, he says, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. I'm, I'm looking at a brother here that just related an experience in Italy where they ran out of money, right? Didn't, didn't we just hear that the other night? And uh, how the Lord provided, um, because, you know, when you were out on an evangelistic trip, that this is, the Lord is not, does not want us to constrain ourselves and say, well, I don't have the resources to do his will. You know, I think that, that um, and, and he even says here in the 16th verse, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. You know, just to, to think about this, that the Lord actually is like, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel like you're up against things that you can't, um, that you're not strong enough. And on your own, you're not strong enough. On our own, we are not strong enough. We don't have the resources to do all the thing God wants, things God wants us to do. But Christ tells us, you just go there and I'm going to be with you. And I, you know, I challenge myself with this, 
that I need to be more forward and I need to be saying, you know, reminding, re realizing that Christ is going to be there and I don't have to be afraid, that, that we're safe when we're in, in God's arms. And it talks further that um, be therefore wise as serpents and harmless and doves. You'll be brought before governors and kings, but when they deliver you up, take no thought of what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of the Father which speaketh in you. You know, the Lord really wants us to get to a point where just like with, with the, the experience that I read, where we're so in tune with him that we, that we are reflecting his direction, and, and he will be there for us. It's, it's a tremendous promise. And I was looking at uh, another scripture um, in the next slide that, that Brother Austin was reading uh, last week, and, it, and the end of this chapter really struck me um, because uh, it says, Now it came to pass when Alma had said these words, and he had prayed for those that were going to go among uh, the uh, unbelievers and, and share the gospel. He clapped his hands upon them who were with him, and behold, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And after they did separate themselves one from another, taking no thought for themselves what they should eat or what they should drink or what they should put on. Now, can you imagine if you're going to go on a trip, out on a missionary trip, and you just, you know, somebody says, we're going to just trust in the Lord and you're just going to go. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not there yet, brothers. I don't know um, if I ever will be, but this is the model that he gives us. But look what it says in the 38th verse. And the Lord provided for them that they should hunger not, neither should they thirst. Yea, and he also gave them strength that they should suffer no manner of afflictions, save it were swallowed up in the joy of Christ. Now this was according to the prayer of Alma, and this because he prayed in faith. Wonderful, beautiful, beautiful. So um, I'm, I'm going to just throw a question out to you. To you. What happens when we think we need to take matters in our own hands to be safe. And um, I'm just going to read one scripture, and then I'm going to go through some different examples. Uh, Matthew 16 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And so the more that we seek for our own personal gain, the more that we are, are oriented to our, ourself and our own um, well-being rather than uh, what the Lord wants, uh, the, you know, the more likely, eventually we're going to lose that. And, and a, a really good example is uh, in Luke, the 12th chapter, it, he, Christ talks about uh, a parable about the rich man that had great abundance and he was going to build bigger barns. And um, the rich man in the 18th verse said, this, uh, uh, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. He felt like, I got all this stuff. I'm safe. That's what the rich man was thinking. And that can happen to us. We can think, you know, oh, if I have... Uh, uh, when I save this much money, then I can retire, I'll be safe, or whatever. You know, we don't know what, what the future holds. And in this case, God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, and whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Right? You know, uh, safety is an illusion. This man was completely deceived to think that he was safe because of his wealth. 
So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. That's where the, the, the safety is, is, is the riches of the Lord. Um, some other uh, th- examples of, of people doing things to be safe. And this one, I, 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 it's real easy to be critical. Abraham, when he went to Egypt and they saw how beautiful Sarai was or, uh, or Sarah was, he decided, well, I have to lie in order for her to be safe, for us to be safe. And, um, and the Lord had to get him out of trouble. You know, and I'm not going to go into the whole story about that. But he really messed up. And the thing is, if we are following the Lord, we don't need to be making uh, allowances that are not righteous to keep ourselves safe. And I've got a personal example of this that happened to me early, early in my career. When we first got married, we had just bought a house. We just had a baby. Just started a new job, and there was a lot of stress. You know, we're barely paying the bills. It got all this stuff going on, and um, my boss told me, "Well, we got this client, and you need to you need to tell them a lie. You need to tell the client a lie." And instead of me saying, "You know, my my strength is the Lord. I we we're going to tell them the truth, and we're going to pray and ask the Lord to show us how we can get through this situation." I did it. I lied. And as a result, I, I, I lost the respect of people. My testimony was worthless at that job. I lost respect for myself. And basically, when we do things like that on our own, the Lord's like, well, you're on your own now. And I, I was not blessed in that job. I got to tell you, when I, when I started my next job, I went into it saying, I am going to do the Lord's will. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to get off on the right foot. I'm going to have a consistent testimony that is is that I don't compromise on these things and it, and from there on my career went up but you know when I thought I needed to take those matters in my own hand it was an expensive lesson but it was a beautiful lesson and and I, I thank God and I and I have a lot more sympathy for Abraham because if it can happen you know to him it can happen to me or whatever you know um, other examples Laman and Lemuel they thought we want to stay in Jerusalem. We're going to be safe there. Jerusalem was not a safe place. The Lord took them out of that. You know, the Lord, he'll direct us to safe places. And, and what looks safe today may not be safe tomorrow. And so we need to be like, just like with this experience about run. When the Lord says run, there's a reason. And when he says stop, there's a reason. He knows what's best. He sees the future. Uh, another example in the scripture, this is in Matthew, the 25th chapter, um, and you know, it, it occurred to me that uh, in the parable of the ten talents, that um, there was one person that was given one talent, and he said, well, I'm going to do something that's safe. I'm going to bury it in the ground. And the Lord, when, that, um, when he found out about it, when he called him and said, where's my talent? And he said, I just, I just pulled it back out of the ground for you. Um, he said, I knew thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast, that is thine. He played it safe. He thought he was playing it safe. The Lord said, no, there, um, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. You know, when the Lord gives us 
a commission in this life to go and live our life and share our testimony and be a light. He expects us to do something. He is not... He does not have a tolerance for us saying, I'm just going to hide it. I'm going to hide the fact that I, that I have Christ in my life. You know, he went on in the 28th, say, Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten, for unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. So there's definitely an example there. Another example in the scripture um, about people that thought they were going to play it safe. Um, in Acts, the fifth chapter, uh, Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, it says here that they sold land and they kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it. And, um, you know, it, it, and I have to imagine in their minds, they were saying, well, this, this um, Christian, you know, this part being part of the body of Christ thing, you know, we got this land, and everybody is making their contribution to the whole group, but we're going to just keep some for ourselves and just pretend like we're giving our stuff. And um, they thought they were being safe by keeping some of what they had been blessed with. And in fact, we, if we know the rest of the story, um, the, um, the apostles, the, the Lord revealed it to them, and he said, he said well, uh, um, thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And literally, uh, Ananias first and then Sapphira both dropped dead right there. That, um, because th what they thought was safe was the opposite. It actually was their downfall. Um, so um, now I want to talk about some examples of people that are really safe. And if we notice here, there's a, a consistent theme that that they were honoring God and giving him credit for victory in all these situations. So um, this is a great one. I'm sure you're familiar with this. David and, and Goliath, you know. David did not feel safe with, with Saul's armor. And uh, in the first Samuel, the 17th chapter, uh, Goliath, on the other hand, he thought, I've got my armor bearers, I've got my weapons, my, my spear that's like a weaver's needle. Uh, Nobody can touch me. And in fact, the Lord um, was with David. Uh, the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And of course we know that the Lord delivered Goliath into uh, David's hands in a miraculous way, because David was depending on, on what the Lord had done for him. And, we, and we were, when we read that story, um, we see that David had confronted danger many times and seen how the Lord came through, and that faith got built up. And it wasn't because David had an easy life and everything went perfect. But when he needed him, he knew he could call on the Lord. Another example in the scriptures is Gideon in Judges, the seventh chapter, with the reduced army. Uh, the second verse, and the Lord said unto Gideon, because initially he had like 30,000 people that showed up for the army. The Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, mine own hand has saved me. The Lord actually wants to set us up to where we have to depend on him. We are in a safe place when we're depending on the Lord, not when we are depending on ourselves. 
And uh, sure enough, it, they whittled that army down to 300 people from 30,000. Can you imagine? You know, it goes against all logic. It, it goes against all sense of, of what's possible. And the Lord, he, he dwells in the impossible in our lives. He wants us to find ourselves. He wants us to put ourselves out there that we're not holding back uh, out of fear, but that we realize that when we're with him, we're safe. Um, another example is Second uh, Kings, the sixth chapter, Elijah with the, um, the angel armies um, where he, uh, they were surrounded by the enemy and his servant was concerned. Alas, my master, how, how shall we do? And, he, and Elijah asked the Lord to open up his eyes uh, and he said, fear not for they that be with us than they that be with them. We don't always think like that, but we need to be realizing when we walk with the Lord, we are not alone. We have the armies with us. And of course, uh, Noah preparing for the flood. Uh, I can talk about um, the uh, three Hebrew children. We hear this preached a lot, where when um, they were told to bow down to the king, they said, uh, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Um, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They, they were not worried about it. And um, um, there are just so many examples in the scripture if I go through, and I don't want to go too far. Um, but um, I do want to just kind of summarize here um, as far as, you know, what are the keys to being safe? You know, number one, Obey the gospel. You know, we need to be at a point where we have done what the Lord has told us to do, that uh, we've obeyed the gospel. Faith, repentance, baptism, reception of the Holy Ghost, endure to the end. And then once that's the beginning, uh, then we live righteously and honor God in all that we do, um, that we might give him honor and glory, that we might be, um, and then also develop a relationship with the Lord where we continually learn of his ways and we're in tune with his spirit to know when he's directing us, and that is reading the word, that is, that is exposing ourselves to the testimonies of the brothers and sisters, the church preaching, uh, all these things, listening to music that would remind us of these things. Uh, we need to recognize that there's an enemy that wants to render us ineffective by getting us to focus on our natural safety at the expense of doing what God has called us to do. You know, there's an enemy that wants us to be afraid, to concentrate and focus on fear Instead, I go back to my, um, my uh, key verse about seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, including safety, shall be added to you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And I just want to share one very short experience, and, and I'm going to sit down. Um, we have a brother in uh, Peru. Um, that is, uh, he's a farmer, he's very poor, he's a, the minister down there, and with this whole um, pandemic thing, you know, they, their economy is affected just like ours, but they don't get a check from the government. There's no, no support or anything like that. And when he saw what was happening, uh, his family and, and, you know, and he, he, being in tune with the Lord, they just made it a matter of prayer, and he felt, in a, uh, you know, as, as a farmer, they were going into the winter, and he felt that um, he would plant in the winter. 
And so he planted a field of potatoes in the winter. And all the farmers around him were mocking him and saying, what are you doing? And after they planted the field, his family, they knelt down and they prayed over the land. Two months later, they had a beautiful crop of potatoes in the winter when they weren't supposed to. And to follow that up, the, the neighbors, the neighboring farmers came and said, what did you do? And he shared his testimony, and four of his neighbors got baptized. That is the God we serve. So with that, I want to encourage us all, may God bless you. Brother Micah, could we um, go back in Tim's presentation and put up the chorus of the song Safe from Sister Roseanne? I'd like to read that to you. Very blessed by uh, today's message. And um, I felt uh, This is good right here. I, I, um, I don't know if we have the actual words of the course, Tim, do we? No? That's okay. This is good. Because it's the key words that matter. Um, as I was listening to that course, um, I felt the Lord speak to me uh, right here on the rostrum. I, uh, I haven't felt the Spirit of God so powerful um, in a while as I did this, this morning. And... It isn't about being in control, but it's about placing our trust in the one who is, and that's the Lord. And when I felt the spirit of the Lord so strong as Sister Roseanne was singing, it's that safe is knowing the Lord. And knowing that you're living a life that is pleasing him. And that's when I felt the spirit of the Lord. And the Lord confirmed in my heart, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I felt the spirit say to me, that's all I desire. There, there's nothing else. That's all I desire is that you please me in everything that you do. And I just felt such a love for the Lord and I felt um, all these emotions, brothers and sisters. Do we please the Lord 100% of the time? Can we, can we be honest? We don't. But that's what he wants from us. And there's many reasons why we don't. We might have fear. We might have an ego. We, we want a little recognition ourselves. There, there's so many things, brothers and sisters and friends, but I'm telling you today, we've got to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord in everything. And that's where true safety lies. You know, that Jesus was talking about the Father, and they didn't understand him. How could someone like you, who's a carpenter's son, have a relationship with Almighty God? It's impossible. And you know what Jesus says to them in the 28th verse of the 8th chapter of John. It's one of my favorite verses. And it fits exactly this beautiful song. And then Jesus said unto them, And when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that these things, that I am He. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father had taught me, I speak these things. And, and then this is the key. 
and he that sent me is with me. You hear what I just said? God that sent Jesus is with him. Is he with us today? Amen. I didn't hear that. Amen. Amen, he's with us. The Father hath not left me alone, Jesus said. Why? For I do always those things that please him. Can I say, blessed be the name of the Lord today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to make my decisions. You want to make your decisions in life. In everything that we do, am I pleasing the Lord today? Or am I trying to get a one-up, Brother Tim? Maybe I'll just stretch the truth a little bit. Maybe I'll just bend it a little bit to get a one-up because I need that advantage. i got to get that order, Brother Tim. And to get that order, I, I, I could do it. But, but I might have to bend it a little bit. I might have to cheat a little bit. That's the world today, brothers and sisters. That's not us. You know, we're in this pandemic and our business is off. Oh, man, one time it was off as much as 40%. I don't talk much about work. I just want to praise the Lord. And I'm praying and I'm praying. When it first happened, I had millions and millions of dollars of perishable inventory. We got an AR that I don't even want to talk about. That's accounts receivable for those of you that don't know. It means when people owe you money. Okay. So you've got a few hundred million in inventory. You've got a few hundred million in receivable. It's not a good picture. I came into work when everything just shut down. And I, I don't know, I guess I had this tendency, but all of a sudden, Brian knows, Brian, my, my dear brother knows, all of a sudden I started to have this palpitation going on, I couldn't breathe, and I started to get spots in front of my eyes, like, man, this is it. I called Wendy on the phone. Babe, I'm in trouble. Just calm down. Calm. All of a sudden, there's a knock at my door. One of my coworkers, who I love so very much, and he loves me. Peter, you okay? No, I'm not okay right now. And I'm the man of God. But you know, we're human. He came into my office, shut the door. We didn't care about social distancing. We didn't care about a mask. And we began to talk about how things are gonna be okay and God's gonna take care of everything. And I have to tell you, brothers and sisters, it's what, nine months later, things are starting to be okay. We're not back to where we were, but it's starting to be okay. Because I want to get up in the morning and I want to do those things that please the Lord. How about you? You, you feel that way? Those of you that are home, I, I hope you're listening today and say, everything that I do, I want to please God. I want to know his word. I, I want to follow his commandments. That's what Tim was calling out. Follow God's commandments. And he'll bless us and he'll keep us safe. He'll give, us, he'll give us his power and his glory. You know, one time Jesus said to the brothers and sisters, it is the Lord God, the Father's good pleasure, what? To give you the kingdom. What king would give us his kingdom? What prince, what ruler would give us of his goods? But that's what the Lord wants to give us if we just please him in all things. You know what pleasing God is? Jesus said, if you love me, if you, if you love me, just keep my commandments. Love one another, brothers and sisters. 
Surrender one to one another. Be humble. It doesn't mean you're weak when you're humble. It means you're obedient to the things of God. It's not about my will and my agenda. It's about what God wants to do with my life and your life, brothers and sisters. Ah, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I do, the Father is with me, Jesus said, for I do always those things that please him. Praise the Lord, how the word of God is so consistent and it's so beautiful and it's so simplistic, isn't it, Brother Tim? It's so simple. I want to please the Lord. And if I please the Lord, I know I'm going to please you and serve you, my brothers and sisters. You're going to serve one another. and You're going to serve the world, Jesus. One soul at a time is how we'll bring Zion and we'll bring the kingdom of peace upon this earth. One soul coming to Christ at a time. There is no other way. Well, we might be okay with sitting at the water for thousands, but it's still one at a time coming to Jesus. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters, is my prayer. What a beautiful theme and a beautiful message that we had this morning. And I want us all to realize as we sign off from our uh, virtual group today that the gospel is alive. And all the wonderful examples that Brother Tim gave us today from the scriptures. What I go home with today, what I'm going to remember, is the example that Brother Tim gave us. And he said, you know what? If I fudge the truth a little bit, if I try to figure this out on my own, I'm going to be blessed. And what happens? That's what we do on a regular basis. But if we follow the Lord, if we follow Jesus Christ, how much more he will bless our lives. One of my favorite verses in Proverbs, the third chapter, fifth verse, says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not upon thine own understanding. And we try to figure it out between our ears here, and we think that we know the right way in our lives. Jesus Christ has the perfect way for you we would just submit and recognize his love and his peace and his grace and his mercy in our lives, we'll be so much better off. It may not go the way that we kind of project in our minds, but it will be better because he will be with us. For those who are worshiping at home, we'll miss you. We look forward to seeing you next week. And we're going to close in prayer uh, for those worshiping at home. And then we'll go into our prayers and uh, prayer requests uh, portion of our service, and we'll have communion for those who are here today. Uh, so those who are here, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the beautiful message. We thank you for reminding us that we are safe in our Father's arms. That we are safe with Jesus Christ in our lives. No matter what comes upon us, no matter what illness, loss of job, Lord, we know that we can trust in you and that you have something perfect for us. And I pray, Lord, for every head that's bowed today that you might touch him, that you might inspire each of us to grow closer to you, that our desire might be to serve and to please you through all of our lives. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and I pray for those who are in need today that you might go to their aid. 
I pray that you might bless us as we worship here, that we might grow together as your church, that we might be a blessing to you. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.